Thank you for listening to a podcast of Rock Church. For more information on sermons and events, connect with us online at rockchurchnow.com or search Rock Church Now in the App Store. Remember, remember uh, that word overcome, it means to prevail, right? It means to conquer. It means get the victory. How many of God wants that happening in your life? Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I said, how many of God wants that in your life? Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He wants you and I to experience what it really means to be one of Christ's overcomers. Amen? Okay, real quick, man. On the screen, we got the seven points, the seven principles that we've covered Hopefully you're waking up and seeing yourself as an overcomer, overcoming the world with God's word, overcoming our trials with our testimony, overcoming our sins with Christ's blood. Number four was overcoming hate with love, overcoming temptation with scripture. You guys really like that one. Six was overcoming your hurts through God's healing. And last week we had a little fun with overcoming wimpy Christianity with courageous Christianity. Whew. Today's topic is going to be uh, very touchy, maybe a little on the, on the sensitive side as we, as we conclude this series. Um, these two topics uh, are some of our generation's biggest battles. Some of our generation's biggest battles. Number eight is overcoming anxiety with God's peace. Go to John 16. Now, in this one, we could toss in some similar emotional struggles like fears, worry, panic, depression, trauma, stress, suicidal thoughts, all in any mental health struggles. This is a tough transition, but... Even Ozzy Osbourne said in his sermon, in his song, in the song Crazy Train, mental wounds not healing. And the guy's insightful. He may be crazy, but he's insightful. Mental wounds not healing. Another line in that song says, mental wounds still screaming. You know what's really sad is Ozzy Osbourne knows the the problem of panic, anxiety, and worry, and mental health better than some churches. You know, I mean, he's singing this, you know, probably 35 years ago. I just want to make sure that as a church, we wake up and understand that mental health is an issue that the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to overcome. Amen? Whew. Look at that dude. How many like to have Ozzy as your pastor? All right. But just so you know, our family, um, my family, is very familiar with anxiety. Our son Nick has had his battles, and I've shared many messages about that. Um, so I'll be speaking, you know, from just semi. I'll be speaking from, from just my personal life a little bit as well as some generalities. There'll be both, a little bit of both, some, some personal stuff, just some generalities. I want to make sure we understand that. 
Uh, I know, we know that not every struggle, you know, that someone's dealing with when it comes to anxiety is the same. We get that. But how many know together we can overcome? How many know together we can overcome? How many know together we can overcome? We really can. It's not the same stuff sometimes. Some of my examples might not totally relate to where you're at in your struggle with anxiety or somebody in your family. But I'm here to tell you that together, together we can overcome. So before we get personal when it comes to anxiety and when it comes to peace, uh, somebody help me out with that ring. Get somebody in here because it's going to drive me. It's going to give me anxiety. Um, Before we get into personal anxiety, I want to touch on just global peace. I want to talk about that for a little bit. And the reason why is because global chaos, it can contribute to personal anxiety. Right? I mean, if, if, if we don't know the end of the story, hello, I'm going to tell you right now, some of this global chaos can contribute to personal anxiety. And to some degree, that's why Jesus said in John 16, he said, I have told you these things so that in me, Jesus talking, you may have what? You may have peace. I'm going to say that again. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. So what, what is he talking about? What things is Jesus talking about? Ultimately, he's talking about troubles and tribulations, right? I mean, Jesus tells us there will be painful things globally and personally that affect our lives today. From pandemics, to terrorism, to shootings, to riots, to political wars, to religious wars, the war in Ukraine, to conflicts with China, as well as stuff like abuse, abortion, inflation, identity crisis, indoctrination, deconstruction, and discrimination. Those kinds of things can cause some anxiety if you don't know how to deal with them maturely, I'm just saying. Friends, I don't know how people are putting up with the pace. I just don't know how people are putting up with the pace I'm talking the, the, the pace of today's craziness. I mean, Ozzy's got some wisdom. It is a crazy train. And we are going off the rails. I'm just saying. Truth is, most can't handle the pace. And the truth is, most of us are lacking some peace. And it's probably because of the, of, of the pace. That's where the second half of John, come on now, 1633 comes in. Right? Right? The first half, the first half real quick. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. The second half is this. Jesus adds, in this world you will have trouble. That word also means tribulation, persecution, affliction, and anguish. Ah, but take heart, Jesus says. I have overcome the world. Listen, it is believing it is really believing this about Jesus that it gives me peace, right? And I want to encourage you, this verse of Scripture on the screen right now, if you will embrace it and really believe it and really trust, I'm going to tell you right now, it will help you in a lot of your areas of anxiety. It will help you in a lot of areas of anxiety. Jesus gets it. 
And he tells us ahead of time, these types of things are going to be in the world, but I have overcome it. Come on now, right? See, knowing that Jesus still knows what's happening in the world, and Jesus overcomes it all, helps us to overcome anxiety and brings us peace. I was in the crowd, I would take a picture of that. I really would. Again, listen, the pace, guys, the pace of chaos, the pace of craziness, the pace of confusion is is almost unbelievable. It is almost unbelievable. And anxiety doesn't discriminate between generations. That's pretty important to understand. Let me say that again. Anxiety doesn't discriminate or doesn't show favoritism between generations. Let me pick on you boomers and Gen Xers, all right? Those generations are like, what in the world is going on? It's crazy out there. The stuff people are believing, the way people are behaving, it's pretty crazy, right? Now, I just want you to know that the statistics tell us that anxiety is rising in, yes, the older generations. I know many times when we think about anxiety, we think all these young people are the only ones struggling with it, but I want you to know, I want you to know that, that boomers and Gen Xers, it is rising in that generation too. Millennials and Gen Z generations are like, life's craziness. Life's demands, life's stress, and life's mess is causing me some anxiety. Here's my concern with with the younger generations. My my concern with the younger generations is that the younger generations just accept anxiety. They just accept it as kind of normal life, as if Jesus can't help heal their mental health. Does that make sense? I have a concern for for the younger generation because some of them are just kind of like, yeah, yeah, this is what we're dealt with, and this is just how it's going to be for the, for the rest of our lives. And I want you to know that Jesus can help all generations overcome. Amen? All right, some of you are believing me. Now, globally, I'm good, all right? I've never had more peace globally. I mean that. I don't mean it arrogantly. I just mean it's, I'm not stressing from what's going on in the world. And I want to encourage you to stop allowing the world to steal your peace. Really. And, and what happens if you, if you allow the world to steal your peace, it'll add more anxiety to you. It'll add more fears to you. It'll add more worry to you. And ultimately, it also, it will add more stress to you if you don't ask the Holy Spirit to help stop that. But don't just stop. I mean, you've got to start something, too. I'm asking you to start asking Jesus to give you peace, specifically his peace. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he will replace your anxiety, your worry, and your fears with his peace. But it, it, it starts with you and I, what? Asking. You have not because you, you ask not. So ask him peace to help you deal with the areas of fear, worry, and or anxiety that you're dealing with. My battle isn't global peace, it's more personal peace. Um, I would say that this is a massive problem in our culture as well as in our churches. 
about a year ago, I was having some, I'll call it reoccurring anxiety attacks. It's been years. I mean, the last time I had really dealt with it was like 06, 07-ish. I mean, that's been a long time, you know. But they started to reoccur a little bit last summer, right about this time, maybe August-ish. So I went to the doctor, and I went to the doctor's because a bunch of my pastor friends were having heart attacks and strokes. Nobody thinks it's probably wise for your pastor to go to the hospital. When you start hearing guys my age and or younger having heart attacks and strokes. So I went to the doctors, and all my tests came back great. So I'm going to say, praise the Lord. <laughs> and what the doctor did was he prescribed me some anxiety medicine. Um, it really didn't work for me. You know, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, if it works for you, that's cool. We're not anti-medication. You know, that's not the point. It didn't really work for me. Um, but what God did was he revealed to me that I was worrying about stuff that is out of my control. You know, I, I, had, I had spent maybe four or five months just worrying about things that I could not control. I mean, you know, that might be a word for some of us control freaks out there, you know what I mean? And that's, that's really what God revealed to me. Um, and here's the thing. When I admitted and confessed this, God began to replace my anxiety with his peace. When I just confessed and I just admitted, I said, God, I, there are some things going on in my life, in my ministry that I can't not control, and I admit I've tried to control them. It was amazing how much anxiety began to lift off of me, and he replaced it with his peace. You know, just, that's my story. Now, my struggles with anxiety have been short seasons, just short bouts, um, just here and there, you know. Other people's struggles are not short, and they're not seasonal, but they become normal, and they become very painful. And that's really kind of what we're talking about more than anything. This principle I'm going to share works, whether your anxiety is just seasonal or almost normal in your life. And it's simply this, the opposite of anxiety is peace. The opposite of anxiety is peace. I want us to make sure that we, we, we get that in our DNA a little bit. I, I, will, I will expound on that the rest of this message quite a bit. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Many times, not all, not all. The problem with stuff on anxiety is we throw it all into one basket, right? But many times, many times our bouts with anxiety are rooted in a lack of inner, inner peace. We are lacking peace with God. I'm going to tell you right now, that's a, that was a word for me. I was lacking peace with God, and I was trying to control situations or we're lacking peace with ourselves. How many have been there? Sometimes it's just we're lacking peace with the situation. We can't get peace with the situation, so what happens? Anxiety kicks in. Many of us lack peace with, with, with a relationship or many relationships. If you don't have peace with a relationship, I'm going to tell you what could happen. You could all of a sudden begin to experience some anxiety. Or we're lacking peace with our finances. We're lacking peace with our feelings. Many of us are lacking peace with our family. <laughs> Hello, right? 
I don't care how old you are. There's a lot of people in our churches today that are lacking peace with their futures. They got no peace, right? So there's anxiety because they just, they just they got no peace. And we even have some people that just lack peace with their faith, right? If you're lacking peace with that kind of stuff, anxiety can creep its way in. The Bible, this is so important. This is so good. It doesn't shy away from stuff like fears, worry, and anxiety. Isn't that a little freeing? I hope so. You know, the Bible doesn't call you a loser because you struggle with this. You know what I'm saying? The Bible doesn't have a bunch of stigmas like society does on this topic. I love that. No book is more relevant for our modern crisis. You know? I didn't say it's the only book, but I'm here to tell you, no book, no book is more relevant for our modern, modern crisis. Now, before we get to Philippians, I want to read something out of 1 Peter chapter 5. One of my favorite verses of Scripture, verse 7. Listen to Pete here. How many know if anybody has some insight on anxiety, it's probably Peter. You know what I'm saying? This is what he's learned, and the Spirit of God empowered him to write. Cast all your what? Cast all your anxiety on him, on Jesus. Because why? He cares for you. There's a lot of reasons why we should cast our anxieties on Jesus, but let's not forget the primary reason why is because he cares for you. That's his character. He cares for you. Jesus cares for you and your anxiety. Jesus says this to your anxiety. I got this, right? But here's the thing, and here's the struggle. What's our part? We got to what? We got to cast, right? We got to cast. In the original Greek, that word means to throw upon. Isn't that powerful? It's not just cast. It's to throw upon Jesus our anxiety. I mean, really, I mean, I mean we got, it's in the Word. Trying to help us out with our struggle with anxiety. doesn't say hold it, right? doesn't say just wrap your arms around it and don't let it go. It says, I'm not saying it's easy, but, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, if we want to get free, we've got to cast it, right? We've got to throw it upon Jesus. Someone say praise the Lord. And this is what happens when we do that. Then Jesus, who cares, carries our anxiety, And what does he bring? He brings us peace. Love it. I'm more excited about this than you are. Philippians 4, let's start in verse 6. Here's Paul. And Paul kind of gives me the impression sometimes, like, you've ever struggled with anything, Paul? You know what I'm saying? But he did. And listen to what he says here in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Sometimes this guy, you know what I'm saying? Do not be anxious about anything, but in every, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the what? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Well, then what? It'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that good? Guys, I'm not anti-psychology, but I want you to know the best thing I can say to you, if you want peace, 
is to cast your anxieties on Jesus. Amen? And he will give you peace that you can't even understand. Isn't that true? Again, anxiety is overcome by God's peace. And notice, it is God's peace that guards our hearts and minds. I'm going to tell you right now, that one of the primary ways that you can get your mind and heart guarded is God's peace. Isn't that great? And if all of a sudden your heart and your mind is lacking some peace and anxiety is creeping its way in, doesn't mean you're a loser. It just means you've dropped your guard, right? And no longer is the peace of God kind of protecting your heart and protecting your head. And that's kind of what happened to me last summer. I was not guarding my heart and I was not guarding my mind. I really love Colossians 3.15. You gotta look at this. This is just incredible. Again, Paul. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Woo! Someone say praise God for that. The word peace means quietness and rest. I'm just want to take a nap right now. Yeah. I just, but just think about it. Isn't that to some degree what, what, what you want? Talk about in your heart and in your mind. You want some quietness and you want, you want some what? You want some rest, amen? You want peace, right? And that word rule in the original Greek means to govern. It means to prevail, praise the Lord. But it also means to, to umpire or to kind of referee. That's what the word means, you know? Now, physically, an umpire uses a whistle, not as orange as this, okay? But an umpire, a referee, uses a whistle when the game is getting out of control or there's a violation of a rule. And how many know we're not into wimpy Christianity and there should be no wimpy referees or some wimpy umpires, right? It's not like... You hear that, you're going to hit the quarterback late on purpose. You know what I'm saying? You don't, I didn't hear nothing, you know? I mean, know you hear that. And on the football field or wherever, you're going, you're going to stop, look, and listen. Or you're going to be on the sidelines, Right? I want you to keep that illustration in mind a little bit as you kind of look at this verse of Scripture, just for a little bit, if you don't mind, because I think it's really, really, really important. Because spiritually, Jesus is the umpire. It says you're Christ, right? He is the referee. And he blows his whistle when he sees or he senses temptation, an attitude, but here he blows his whistle in your life when he senses that you're lacking peace. And you're starting to allow some anxiety to creep in. So what does Jesus start doing, right? He's trying to get your attention because he wants you to overcome. He's blowing his whistle in your life. He wants you to listen to him. And he begins to blow that whistle when maybe you're spiraling into some stinking thinking. And he's like, cast your stinking thinking upon me because I care for you, right? Or maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're overthinking stuff and 
You know, your, 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 your thinking is just out of control. And he blows his whistle to say, throw your control on me and give me mastery in your life. Amen? Or maybe you're really into a season of worrying. Right? Getting close to a panic attack. I mean, generally speaking, you just don't pick, walk into a panic attack. I mean, I don't know all about them, but I know generally speaking, it's not, oh, I'm in a panic attack. It tends to start with some worry and it tends to start with some stress. And Jesus knows where you've been and where you're likely to go. So what does he do when you start to worry and stress out? He's blowing his whistle because he doesn't want it to lead to, you know, a panic attack. Are you with me? I'm here getting a little freed up a little bit. Or at least seeing, wow, when I sense Jesus talking to me when I'm spiraling down, he's my umpire, he's my referee, he cares about me, and he doesn't want me to go there. Right? The overcomers. Ask God for his peace to rule and overcome your thinking, your emotions, your feelings, your attitude, your anger, and or your anxiety. Amen? Again, almost done with this. The Bible does not shy away, doesn't shy away from or ignore anxiety. And God used, this is really important, he used people in the Bible who struggled with fears, stress, and anxiety. How many know God can still use you despite you, right? I mean, just to name a few, Jeremiah, David, Elijah, Peter, Timothy, Martha, and maybe even Moses, you know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. These men and women of God became overcomers over their anxiety, over their fears. How? Through God's peace and God's power. Amen? And really, the most effective way to overcome stress not the answer to everything, but the most effective way to overcome stress, overcome worry, overcome fear, panic, and or anxiety is to ask Jesus for his peace and to experience God's peace, is to ask him for peace. Obviously, prayer and Christian counseling are great ways to get to the root of your specific anxiety struggles and to help you to become an overcomer. Amen? Prayer is very powerful this is something that you're struggling with. And if you can get with an amazing Christian counselor who can speak God's truth into your life, I'm going to tell you right now, you'll start experiencing this peace, and you too can overcome your anxiety. Amen? Amen? All right, this is our last point in this series. How many are happy? My job isn't to make you happy. My job is to make you holy. Amen? Actually, that's the Holy Spirit's job. He's just using me. All right. Number nine, overcoming lies with God's truth. I'm going to move fast. Go to 1 John 4. Today, few news reports, news reporters, few newscasters tell much truth. Isn't that powerful? Instead, stories are exaggerated big time. Right? They keep key truths out of the story. Just saying. Social media isn't helping the cause as many stories and statements lack facts. Few really care 
because a slanderous story is just too juicy to share and hear. Very few people care if the story's true or not. They just want to post it and get it out there. They could care less who it hurts. They just want to share it and hope a bunch of people hear it, right? Listen, our culture of lies is on the rise, so wake up. Our intake of truth must be turned up. That was a good word. Our culture of lies, it's on the rise, so wake up. Our intake of truth must be turned up. Today we live in more than a skeptical, more than a cynical, and more than a critical culture. We live in a deceptive culture. Our culture is very deceptive. Again, listen. Global and political lies are not going to slow down. So to be overcomers, we need to speed up our biblical knowledge. That was a good word too. It's not going to slow down. I know the end of the book. It's going to speed up. And some of us are going to believe the lies globally and politically that they're tossing on us because we won't speed up our biblical knowledge. I would encourage you as early as tomorrow morning, but no later than early September, to get in a community group and or one of our our Bible studies to learn more truth. Thank you, six of you. All right. The lies that are equally destructive to overcome are lies about us personally. I just talked about some, you know, global lies, but it's lies about us personally that are very difficult to overcome. But how many know we can overcome them? Amen? You're going to see that in First John. I think I told you to turn there. First John chapter 4, verse 1. Listen to this. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every, every spirit does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, and, and therefore speak from a worldly point of view of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Isn't that incredible stuff? So much there. I'll summarize it for you in 32 seconds. From not believing every spirit, to false prophets, to recognizing God's spirit, to acknowledge Jesus Christ, to the spirit of the Antichrist, which means in place of or in substitute of Christ, right? To to worldly viewpoints, to listening to the world, to the spirit of truth, to the spirit of falsehood. 
listen, church, listen, Christians. There are lots of lies to overcome. Did you hear that? There, there are a lot of lies that we have to overcome. So how do we overcome these false lying spirits, these false lying prophets, these false lying movements? Well, John tells us in verse 4, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Right? What's he saying there? He's saying the spirit in the world is Satan. And he is the God, little g, he is the God and or the spirit of this world. But the spirit in believers, come on now, the spirit in overcomers is the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? And we overcome, we prevail, we get the victory over false movements, false prophets, false people, and false spirits because the Holy Spirit in us is greater than the spirit in this world. That's how you overcome. The spirit in us, the Holy Spirit, is greater than any spirit out there. And if you don't think there's a lot of spirits out there, that's another series, but you need to wake up. At the first verse one, because it talks about false prophets. This is really important. False prophets are not just people who proclaim false doctrine or false teachings. I think sometimes that's what we think. That's probably the main thing, right? Some of us think, no, 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 false prophets are ones that falsely prophesy about coming events. That's true as well. But false prophets can also be people who speak falsely into our lives. That's where we're going to go with this. False prophets can be people who falsely speak or proclaim lies into our lives, into our spirits, into our heads, into our hearts. Are you with me? False prophets, they falsely proclaim lies to you like, you don't need Jesus. Just be a good person. False prophets proclaim lies like this. They say things like, yeah, you can believe anything you'd like as long as you're sincere. And false prophets will say things like, you know, you just need your truth, right? Just believe your truth. False prophets will speak those things into your lives. And some of you are receiving that and eating that up. And false lying prophets will use society and culture to lie to you about your identity. Going on big time. Lying to you about your identity being in your success. Lying to you about your identity being in your sexuality. Lying to you about your identity being in your status. I'm here to tell you, your identity ain't in any of those. Right? False prophets will use society and culture to lie to you about your sins. They're not a big deal to God. He doesn't really care. Well, I would, hear, I would tell you that the cross tells me that God really cares about our sins. And they're a 
big deal. And they can be forgiven, but they take humility and confession. Amen? False prophets will, will get real personal and use people to lie to you about your past. Can't be forgiven. That's a lie, right? How I many know oh, God can overcome your past, right? False prophets will say things like, your, your problems are too big. That's a lie. I don't care what your problem is. God can overcome your problems, right? Some of you are like, you know, I, I, there's people speaking into my life that the pain I'm experiencing right now cannot be healed. I want you to know that's a lie because God can overcome even your pain. Someone say amen, right? And here we're primarily talking about emotional, relational pain. And some lying prophets will use people to lie to you and call you a liar. They'll call you the liar, right? Some lying prophets will say you're a loser. You're a liar, you're a loser. They'll lie to you and say you're a failure. Some of you have received some of those lies, and you're believing some of those even right now. You're stupid, you're useless, you're worthless, right? You say, well, maybe none of those. There's a little heavy preacher. Or, Or you're purposeless or dreamless. Are you with me? Make you think that God can't forgive you or use you because any of those things on the screen, those are lies that the enemy rallies up people who become false prophets, false proclaimers into your life, and they may have called you those things, and they're hindering you from moving on in who you are in Christ today. Are you with me? One time in my life, um, I was not an overcomer. And why? It was because I listened to lies. I listened to um, false spirits. I listened to false prophets. I listened to people in my life that lie to me about who I am. Are you with me on this? I mean, I'm just being real. One of the, I didn't just get saved, okay, my thinking began to change and I began to listen to what Jesus says about me. Are you with me, right? I mean, that's really what happened. You know, how do you, how do you become an overcomer on all these lies is you replace the lies that you used to believe about yourself and you replace them with truth, right? You replace them with the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that's not a battle. I'm not saying that's not a struggle, Okay, I'm just saying, if you want to overcome the lies in your life, you have to replace the lies that false prophets have said about you and believe the truth that Jesus still says about you, right? You know, I mean, that's really how you get free. Are you with me? Listen, if Kimmy and I listen to the lies and the liars in our lives, the truth is Rock Church wouldn't be here. I don't mean that arrogantly. I mean, I don't know about God's sovereignty and all that good stuff. I'm not that deep. I'm just saying if we listen to the lies and liars in our lives, Rock Church wouldn't even be here. You want to know how devastating lies and false prophets can be? Listen, if we listen to the lies of false prophets, all spirits in our lives, it's possible that 56 people last week would not have gotten water baptized. It's possible. And I don't know about God's sovereignty, 
I know he can do things without me. I'm just trying to get us to see how devastating listening to lies can be. And I'm also wanting us to see how listening to truth can cause us to be overcomers. And today, oh my, to be a healthy overcomer, I need to be careful what I let speak into my life. You too, Pastor? Yep. If I want to just remain in this overcoming you know, mindset and really walk as an overcomer, I got to be careful who I, who I listen to. If you're a naysayer, probably not going to go out and have a cup of coffee together. Negative people, fault finders, we can, we can do some of the most amazing stuff, like baptize 56 people, and I can still have people find fault in baptizing 56 people. You know what I'm saying? I got to steer clear. Someone say amen. You know what I'm saying? Vision killers, I just generally don't hang out with vision killers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, critical spirits, I mean, I got to spend my time with people that aren't going to be critical, just saying. Now, I say all that to say this. I need people in my life who will proclaim or prophesy truth, right? I need people in my life, guys, who will tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. Didn't say there wasn't a time and a place to sit down and say, hey, pastor, Angelo, can I speak something into your life that will help you? There's a blind spot here. That's a whole other message. I need those people because they tell me what I, what I need to hear, not what I want to hear, right? So I'm not saying everybody in my life just must tell me how Italian I am and how great I am. I didn't say that. But how many know there's a healthy way to approach when you want to speak into someone's life? You know what I'm saying? I need people in my life that will prophesy, Really? that will proclaim to me who I am and who God wants me to become. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. I need people that will speak into my life and say, you know, God is leading you here now, and he's going to lead you there next. I need people in my life that that challenge me to dream courageously. All right. Almost done here. Some lies are triggers that lead to stinking thinking. Isn't that true? These next three points will be really fast. Other lies turn into strongholds that need to be broken with truth. Right? Don't miss this last one. The tool God has empowered us to use to overcome lies is truth. It's truth. God's truth fills our hearts and heads, freeing us from lies. All lies. Amen? And the truth, listen, why is truth the most powerful tool that frees us from a life of lies? Because the opposite of lies is truth. Right? The opposite of lies is truth. So in closing, the truth is this. You are precious and priceless to God. 
You can shout anytime you want. The truth is you are filled with God-given gifts, potential, and purpose. The truth is God wants you for his mission. He doesn't need you, but he wants you for his mission. The truth is you are called, chosen, and loved. The truth is you are the bride of Christ, his beloved, right? The truth is through Christ, we can overcome any bondage and any barrier, right? And the truth is you are an overcomer. That's the truth. And the truth is you should stand right now or I'm going to make you stand. I'm going to ask you to be a little transparent. I think throughout this series, for the most part, I've been pretty transparent. And I have a question for you. The question is simply this. Who has some areas in their life they need to overcome? You know, you can't raise your hand. It's probably an issue of pride, and I want you to know you need to overcome that. crazy train mental wounds not healing driving me insane how many know I can bring it don't you I'm going to say this mean I don't care don't you dare let Ozzy Osbourne be more vulnerable and transparent than you are don't you dare well preacher you know going to get me to raise my hand I'm the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You're a hot mess too. <laughs> Who out there would say, you know what, I got some areas in my life that I, I still need to overcome. Amen. This altar's open. You raise your hand. You want prayer? You want another overcomer to join you? To my left. If you just want to be alone with the greatest overcomer ever, Jesus, to my right. But if you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to come up here. I got one more nugget when you come up here. I'm not going to share that nugget. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to shave your head. We're going to pray. We're going to worship Jesus. That's all. If you raise your hand. Got one more nugget for you. This is an incredible nugget that God gave me over the weekend. My left is filled with a lot of people that need prayer, so, so you, listen, prayer team, Tim, Peyton, Carly, we need you. These people, want, they, they're asking for prayer, so these people just want to be alone with Jesus. I get it. Here's my nugget. You ready? Everybody in the house, this is a really, really, really important nugget. God makes you and calls you an overcomer. For his glory. For his glory. God makes you and calls you an overcomer for his glory. Don't you miss that. Please don't miss that. God makes our messy, he makes, he takes our messy lives of addiction, religion, attitude, abandonment, abuse, anger, bitterness, offenses, pride, self-righteousness, selfishness, and sin, and he transforms our broken lives, he transformed them for his glory. Right? 
He makes you an overcomer because people go, are you kidding me right now? Joe, you were filled with anger and anxiety, and now you got the peace of God, and you can't even get Joe mad anymore. Why? Because the power of God has touched him, and that brings God glory. I do not want anybody leaving this series going, I'm an overcomer and I'm all that great for me. That is a misconception. God wants you to be an overcomer for his glory. Because your broken life that got fixed by Jesus draws people to Jesus. When they look at your life, Jerry, and go, he was a stinking mess. He was this, this. You want me to share everything? I didn't think so, all right? And they see this guy's life transformed and changed. It doesn't bring glory to Jerry. It brings glory to Jesus. Are you with me? So we're going to continue to worship, and we're going to pray. Father, help us right now to just be real with you and transparent with you. Break down some of those walls because I believe you want to free us from anxiety with your peace and you want to free us from lies with your truth. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. That concludes this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all things Rock Church, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as Rock Church MI.